This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, your host and editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss the first Premier League era visit of Luton Town to Villa Park. Oh, how they graced the green, green grass of home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how they graced the green, green grass of uh, Villa Park. Joining me to discuss marvellous Nakamba, Ross Barkley and his friends, Mr. Chris Bird and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a revelation that Ross Barkley was actually playing because I didn't know that, <laughs> and I watched. I was there at the game <laughs> and didn't get injured either. And uh, talking to uh, Ben sitting next to me, I said, "Oh, are they going to bring Ross Barkley on?" And he said, "No, he's injured." <laughs> <laughs> he's been there all the time. Uh, we were just chit chatting, planning the show, and uh, Bud kept talking about Ross Barkley playing. I was like, "Was he?" <laughs> You know, I think I'd need to go for that uh, eye test. Although apparently he's, he's lost some timber, hasn't he? Yeah, I thought he was looking quite trim. He, he mustn't have liked the food over in France when he was there, because he's, he's definitely looking trimmer than he was when he was at Villa, especially in the later days. Uh, so snails, there's there's not much fat on them. I suppose a snail's the only thing he could catch to eat, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> boom boom right we will be getting into that uh, routine and I think with a capital R victory over Luton which takes the consecutive home runs to 12 now we'll just dis- we'll discuss that in finer detail first of all we'll go through the Villa news and three points swiftly before we get into what mainly was a sing-along by the whole 10 wasn't it rather than uh, a football match well, it was a fucking training exercise, wasn't it, for, for the most part? <laughs> it was an exhibition. It was, uh, there was more bite in the, the Francis Agarnu-Tyson uh, Fury fight than uh, this game. Before we go on, helping to support the show, NordVPN are offering a bumper deal where you can get an extra four months free on top of huge savings on the personal choice when it comes to VPN of My Old Man Said. If you want to protect your privacy on your devices and while you're browsing, then NordVPN allows you to use it on six devices. And of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. 
perfect for those 3 p.m. kickoffs on Saturday or 2 p.m. kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. To grab your exclusive discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free and there's a no risk Nord 30 day money back guarantee as well. You'll find the link in the episode description notes as well. So check it out. Let's get up and at it. Time for some villain news. Injury situation, it's kind of starting to uh, take shape a little bit. Uh, Jacob Ramsey, two to three weeks. Moreno, after the November break, they're both are the same, really. What's the difference between two to three weeks and after the November international break? I think it was the way it was phrased by Emery. It was like Ramsey needs another two to three weeks and Ah. Moreno will be after the international break. Gotcha. So I think Ramsey probably first, just going by that. And Duran... uh, uh, apparently missed the game uh, due to a toe infection. He uh, whatever, whatever that even means started to get some momentum, and then suddenly he's, uh, there's a question mark over his head. But you know he's only he's still very young, so uh, that he's will fine. Come out in the wash, I'm sure. Uh, festive Christmas fixtures have finally uh, been announced. Villa had six changes. The two Amazon games uh, against the Manchester teams got moved slightly. The games after the Europa Conference League games got pushed back officially to the Sunday. But you can go to mylemansaid.com uh, on the fixture list for that. So, but I'm sure you've already got those dates down in your diary. We had a like an informal fab meeting, a fan advisory board meeting. Uh, nothing real. It was just more alerting things to the club, action points. In terms of the badge, I had a bit of a... Uh, discussion about that because it's like it's almost like they've decided on a shield and they're trying to push it through on the sly without any more consultation or uh, supporter input i reminded uh, the chief operating officer that or the new one that it has to be the will of the fans this, these are the premier league premier league rules that have come in uh, last season and has to be evidence that the fans want this. So don't forget this, uh, listeners. Uh, you have a call in this. And if supporters aren't happy with the badge that uh, pops up next, then we don't have to accept it. It's as simple as that. And we can fight it. Can and should. There was a bit of patronization there. It was basically say, we'll leave it to the professionals to do it. And as I said to him, well, Everton leads. And uh, our club have left it to the professionals in the past, and it hasn't panned out. Professionals is a wishy-washy term. Anyway, you could pay someone 50 quid and call them a professional. Could you get a, get a villa well, badge Well, yeah, yeah, fiver? but the point is, it, it was like undermine. It was being very patronising to the yeah. idea of to run it by a fan advisory board, if that's uh, what is elected to uh, be there. If they've got any objections, then you can iron them out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we will see how that one uh, pans out. Aston Villa women are actually on an international break at the moment, so they'll be able to think about uh, their winless start to the season before they come back. Unfortunate news on the uh, on match day of uh, Villa versus Luton. Uh, Charlie Aiken, uh, one of uh, Villa's greats, has passed away at the age of 81. He's 
made the most appearances, didn't he, of any Villa player? Yeah. By a mile as well. I mean, he's way out there. He's like 600. About 100, I think, at least. Mm. By 100, yeah. It's 660, yeah. 657 of those were starts. It, That's mad, isn't it? Played four Villa in three different divisions, which wouldn't really happen these days. It would be very rare. Unless you started in the bottom division, but that was with Villa going down. He stayed with Villa going down and then back up as well. But I'm just saying in modern day football, you're always trying to upgrade your your, uh, team, aren't you? So there's a lot of extra pressure. I mean, that 660, I can't see that being broken. I mean, he looks like somebody like Gareth Barry played uh, a good chunk of years for Villa, but, you know, he's not near that. No, I mean, you look at Douglas Louise against um, Luton. That was his 150th appearance for Villa. So you, that's a sort of, yeah, so that's what you're sort of talking about there. I mean, look, look Douglas Louise feels, feels like he's been around forever and he's nowhere near, not even four times away from it, a quarter of it. I mean, yeah, in the Premier, in Premier League, Gareth Barry had 385 and that's with an, you know, an academy graduate. So yeah. it shows the kind of longevity, you know, the, the longevity of a 17 year career with a club. But he is uh, one of. Uh, Villa's greats and one of the proper legends. It's uh, R.I.P. Uh, Charlie Aitken. A little bit before my time, so I, I don't know of him first-hand uh, experience, but uh, I'm sure that older listeners will have a direct affection uh, with Charlie. Right, three points. Now, point number one is the muted 12-point deduction of Everton. Now, are the Premier League demanding this or uh, what's the stage of this at the moment it's it's being currently heard isn't it by an independent commission yes but the premier league are pushing for a 12 point deduction if everton are found guilty of breaking their their one charge of breaking financial fair play yeah so the big big issue is here is obviously everton uh, in hot water over ffp meanwhile you've got a team uh, that won the treble last season have, have breached the regulations 115 times over 14 seasons and this is all hush hushed unless the premier league are really trying to get their shit together and make the case stick hmm. well i mean it's a bit like the francis i'll say it again the francis agarnu tyson fury fight where i'm sure agarnu won that convincingly and yeah. you know you, you're gonna uh, mess up a big big Sports washing event, a uh, big sports event, <laughs> undisputed title fight between Usyk and Fury. If you know it's going to take the shine off it, if some amateur who'd never fought boxing before, I mean, obviously, he's an MMA fighter, beats the uh, heavyweight champion. That was almost like, well, this can't happen. We thought they were going to give it a draw just to push it under the carpet, but they kind of gave it the next best thing or the best scenario for them, which was a split decision. So it was a win, but it looked like a draw. But this is the same thing. It's like if they did Manchester City, they they have to rip up the Premier League, really. You're just destroying the history books, aren't you? Yeah. And so they can't do it. And that's the thing, because they've been so soft spine to how these clubs are operating. They've put themselves in a no-win situation here. Yeah, and that's why it needs the independent regular, doesn't it? Because you take the Lance Armstrong scenario which is what is probably the closest to it in, in modern sport you have you know the, the the ruling body of cycling they just kept saying nope he's never tested positive never tested positive it yeah. took the you took an external person to, to unravel it all so I, I don't see silly i think silly's just going to get away with it slap on the wrist well, that's, i mean that's why you know only the you know the german paper the spiegel they were the ones that uh, started investigating it and because nobody else would dare do it here or 
because they know it would just it would shine a, a light on some real ugly happenings here. Anyway, speaking of criminals, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> alleged criminals, uh, Infantino, uh, the FIFA boss. FIFA have announced the closure of criminal proceedings against uh, Gianni uh, Infantini. Today I feel not guilty after meetings he had with uh, Switzerland's former Attorney General Michael Luber. This seems like it's been handshakes in a a back office somewhere, doesn't it, as opposed to a proper investigation? Yeah, keep it shush. It sounds like it because uh, the Swiss authorities had Basically, they brought proceedings against him and suspicions of secrecy violations, abuse of office, aiding and abetting related to meetings he'd held with Lober. So, it needed to be there needed to be a separation. But Switzerland were investigating FIFA, and Infantino went and had secret meetings with the alleged secret meetings with the Attorney General at the time. Yeah, I mean the way he's come out and goes, ah, this decision is a full, clear victory for me, FIFA and ju- justice. Yeah, he's such a gracious winner, isn't he? When things like this go his way, yeah, and oh, he's just a prick, isn't he? He demanded an apology for damage caused by accusations from people he called poor, envious, and corrupt. He's he's, he's just like the 1%, isn't he? Looking down (laughs) on everybody. Point number three, the Barcelona versus Real Madrid-El Clasico rivalry has now been linked in with the Rolling Stones-Beatles rivalry of yesteryear, Mm. where courtesy of Spotify... Rolling Stones, you may have seen the shirts where you've got the Rolling Stones hot lips, hot lips logo on the shirts. There there was also, before the uh, El Clasico, a, a big motif TIFO thing. Yeah, Spotify-sponsored Spotify TIFO, isn't that? corporate as fuck that's how yeah. desperate Barcelona are these days it's so it's weird seeing Barcelona play I mean I've been to the Olympic Stadium and I've been to the new Camp and the Olympic Stadium isn't a patch it's you know obviously the was it 92 wasn't it the Barcelona Olympics and Montjuic's a beautiful place and stuff but the stadium is just decrepit if it's, it's not TikTokers to trying to sell you hospitality seats it's uh, sponsors doing TIFOs at games so in response to this old Jude Bellingham popped up scored a brace did he not one of them was the a last minute winner yeah. The first Good one lad. was a banger. I mean, it's almost almost fate that somebody called Judah, isn't it? Just sort of like stuck a dagger through this corporate. Yeah, and there you go. Uh, they put out a tweet saying, Bellingham said the Beatles were always my favourite band. Well, there you go then. Yeah. And, Can't always uh, get what you want. They, <laughs> do they start singing uh, Hey Jude nowadays? I'd have thought so. Yeah, they have done. He's on fire there, isn't he? He's he absolutely is. killing it. Fair play to the guy. Yeah. Him and Kane, who, since they've gone abroad, have been brilliant. I don't know if you saw the Kane goal as well in, in Munich. Unbelievable goal. They're killing it, them two. They're thinking, I, I, mean, oh, I, I watched, this I watched the highlights of the Bayern 8-0 win and the, you know, behind the goal, the atmosphere is great and he must be loving it. Wow, yeah. wow this yeah, is like proper. It's awesome. half-time as well, that game. It's proper football before the, the soul was sucked out of it uh, back in the UK. Yeah, his interview afterwards, I've never seen him smile so much. He's like, hang on a minute, I'm getting paid more than I did at Spurs, and you and your fans get charged less. How does that work? Hmm, good question, Harry. Yeah, and they're allowed big flags in behind the goal Beer as well. in the stadium. And yeah, wow, this is, fun. This is a, yeah, a utopia of fun we didn't know existed. Right, let's get to uh, the Mad Hatters. Why, I don't know why I'm calling them the Mad Hatters. That's uh, Alice in Wonderland, isn't it? <laughs> There's nothing mad about them, they're fucking... The mm. fucking squares, eh? And the flat hatters. <laughs> the flat hatters. Flat hatters, there you go. I said on uh, something for the weekend, I had a fondness for Luton back in the late 80s when they beat Arsenal in that League Cup final. Cracking final, that was. But then after that, they, you know, they've disappeared off Villa's 
windscreen anyway out of uh, yeah, bar, a, bar a couple of league cup games out of view really and uh, they, they actually got relegated at the season before the Premier League uh, began and then obviously had fallen on harsh times so nice you know nice for their fans to be going around the Premier League and visiting such uh, wonderful stadiums like Villa Park again they were mm-hmm. good, actually, to to their credit. Yeah, and they stayed till the end, unlike you know, West Ham, who's away and yeah. was empty by the full time. I mean, Luton fans, probably one of the better uh, bunch uh, that have visited Villa Park so far this season. I'd agree with In that. In terms of lineup, it was back to the West Ham uh, lineup, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Four yep. in, four out. It's the same four that got swapped. Yeah, the two two lads at centre back came back in after having a nice break in midweek. I think the number one word here was just control this and win it. But yeah, from the off, it was pretty obvious how this game was going to go, and uh, I think you gave them probably a bit too much credit in that. I did I think. Uh, something for the weekend. We expected them to be. Uh, I don't know. Plucky, a bit more I think we'd call it plucky, battling away, scrapping away, but and they were just powder puff. They were playing like. Uh, most of the time they had a, well, sometimes it's a back nine, but most of the times it looked like a back six, three in front of that, including Ross Barkley, who I didn't know who was playing. I didn't know who was playing. And then, <laughs> then, then, men. And then Morris, actually, he, if you look probably at his heat map, he's the, he's the furthest forward, but he's, he's essentially playing like as far up as, you know, number eight, really. Yeah, well, he managed a grand total of 17 touches in 75 minutes, so you're in, you're in Scott Hogan territory. Yeah. It's better than Scott Hogan, Phil. <laughs> Because he did all the defensive work, that's probably where he got all his touches. But it was just, it was just strange, wasn't it? As a supporter, you could have been lying in a deck chair, really. Yeah, yeah. like Conza and Torres, especially, and they had the freedom of Villa Park, didn't they, at the back? And those two would have the ball in the centre circle with ten men behind the ball, and they still weren't coming in and engaging them with the ball. It was yeah. fucking bizarre how passive their press was. I mean, you just look at the stats. And you're looking at uh, Torres had 108 touches. And when you get over 100, that's a lot in in a game, Premier mm-hmm. League game. Conza had 113. Douglas Louise, who obviously is playing very close to those two, 109. It's, it's, I've never seen, I don't think, three Villa players over a, a century of touches. Torres, 94.9%. Pass completion uh, and Conza, 94% as well, 0.3%. Yeah, I thought Torres had a good game. He was using Phil Beck, Beckenbauer, Dirk Heiser more Yeah, today, he was actually. That's why I, I, the Beckenbauer thing did flash through my yeah. mind uh, watching uh, him. One moment in the first half, he, he unleashed his shot, and I thought to myself, that, that's, he's absolutely hammered that shot. I didn't think, I think he just got tired of passing it sideways or looking for thoughts of the lines. He goes, I'm going to have a go at this, and he had a shot, but it was blocked, and it was a bit of a pity because I thought it was going to, it was traveling when he had it. They had a back three, didn't they, officially? <sighs> On paper, they had a back three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in reality, it was a back at least six but uh, you know their center backs 27 touches 15 touches uh, and uh, Lockyer had the most with 40 so you know it's completely different it used to be when you looked at these touches it, it was normally it was one of uh, Villa's fullbacks would have the most touches but now you're looking mm-hmm. and, and you're seeing this this is under Emery you're seeing like center backs now uh, having a hell of a lot of touches comparatively yep it was just a, a really weird half of football because it was laughably easy for it, wasn't it? I think it was about 70, was it 77% of the ball they yeah. had at half time? You're like, wow. Yeah. Well, quite, I mean, they were a bit wasteful at the start of Villa. We had a couple of, you know, pretty good decent chances. chances. Yeah, before the ball, the goal actually came, we could have sort of been two up already. You know, Watkins had a big chance. Wasn't that much room for him, and the keeper was in his face pretty quickly. 
perhaps, but I think maybe you just whip it across the goal. There's, there's, there's maybe other ways, and he put it up. And if you, you put it hard and low, you go yeah. under the goal, you probably score. But you know, it's one of those where you, you probably have to give the credit to the keeper a little bit more than. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, for, for sake of argument, I, I'd give the credit to the keeper there. Yeah, we pulled him apart sort of in the first ten minutes. You thought, surely, if you're the Luton manager, you're thinking, how are Villa getting through this easily? Like just little balls in behind. Diaby had about three breaks. But the thing is, watching this Villa team, I mean, as I said at the game. Because it's it's technically uh, very good, lots of movement, lots of trickery. You're not uh, sweating over missed chances, and and you're knowing we can we're going to put we're going to score today. Put it that way. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But you go back to like Martin O'Neill days at Villa Park, where when teams would sit back, they would frustrate us, and because we were more relied on the counter and you know having sp- speed up top when no players were running into space and there wasn't much room, it really lacked ideas. Uh, and, and we did struggle at home. We, you know, we used to draw a lot. We used to win more away. But with this team, it's it's good for any any situation really. I think it's fully equipped. I and think so, especially when you you know you factor in the guys that we've got to come back. We've got so much. You call it firepower, but so many interchangeable parts. Yeah, it's like tools in the toolbox and whatever yeah, other very cliche you want to use. Yeah, we're, we're very we're very well stocked in that sense. But uh, great chance for Zaniola. It would have been a really nice goal, actually. The, the little Watkins flick up was really He's getting more Savo by the game, is he not? Beautiful yeah. tee up by Watkins, I thought. And uh, it's one of those where <laughs> the goal's like smiling at him, the, that top-hand corner. Yeah. And a it is a side-foot volley, which sometimes if you if you put you, if you actually have a swing at it, you've got more chance of uh, probably connecting. The side-foot volley is a bit harder to potentially pull off because it's going it's almost like in slow motion isn't it you yeah. see that top hand corner and you're like oh shit side volley That's the thing. He, he did the hard part the hard part on a volley like that is keeping it down keeping it you yeah. know, under the crossbar and he, and he just side footed it wide and you're just like it's, it's not going to happen for him I mean it'll happen eventually and it'll be one going off his arse or something but it's not it's <laughs> all these overhead kicks and fancy flicks and great saves for the goalkeeper and it is it's going to be one off his backside or his shin is he, or something is he trying too zone. hard maybe Maybe he's but, just not. It's just it's just fine margins. But then, you know, when the goal finally came, what a what a great free kick! The thing I like about off the ball, he, he's he's very good. He's he's pressing. He's closing down. He's he's tenacious. And of course, when you're like a six footer and you're doing that, you're adding to the the physical side of uh, Villa's mm-hmm. team. Holds the ball up well as well. Even though Buendia was, you know, he's obviously smaller in frame, he, he did have that kind of snap and tenacity. So we haven't actually lost that because we've got a different type of presence but I was, I was impressed by Zaniola off the ball it's just the icing on the cake isn't it yeah. I think if he gets yeah. one or two then uh, that will lift a lot of weights off his shoulders which of course he has with all the off field sort of distractions you know he got pulled off at half time for Bailey which, yeah. was, which was actually the right change I think as we'll mention later on he's flying in and out to Italy to uh, talk to prosecutors over this uh, alleged betting uh, situation but uh, more yeah. of that later sorry first goal yeah when, you know, when the goal finally came it was a really well worked on one of these sort of Austin McPhee specials really good ball by Louise isn't it a quick little snappy pass to the edge of the box I think it's Zaniolo isn't it on the edge who just is the shield comes to McGinn you think well he's going to lash this with his left he doesn't chops back onto his right and just passes it in the bottom corner it's a fantastic finish yeah, and then from that point you do. think 1-0 yeah. like, we'll win now I was so confident once we finally got the first goal I thought if we score first we'll win today and it, and, and Luton never had a go McGinn in you know, around 5-10 like minutes around that goal he was fantastic he, he trapped yeah. a ball out of the air which uh, he had no right to and just the way he took it down and I think he had pressure on him 
and he just you just think hey, technically he's he's really good because you know you always thought he's about McGinn, better, hasn't he? McGinn, blood and thunder in midfield, you know, arse in the air, blah blah blah. But actually, he's he's a lot more talented, like technically, than you perhaps yep. realised. And we saw, you know, in 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 Outmar, you know, his ability now to kind of pick a pass and sort of unlock an, a defence. Now he's got that as well, and that's great for Villa. You know, when he the, the sort of the McGinn we saw in the championship where you know back to goal sticks his backside in and turns he's actually doing that and it's coming off I remember when the first couple of years especially the first season in the Premier League when we were back it kind of didn't work for I think teams just got wise to it and he was a bit predict very very predictable but now he's you know he can use his, he's a lot better with his right foot he's adding goals and assists to his game and it's we're sort of seeing the McGinn impact if you like that we saw in the championship but up up a few levels I think Emery's really brought it out of him yeah, he's kind of at the level when, you know, Gerard said, I wanted McGinn, I want McGinn to be my captain. And he thought, hey, hang on a minute. We, mm. He was struggling to get in the first 11. And now you actually, I mean, credit, Gerard probably saw it earlier, but uh, you see in the man that, um, you know, maybe Gerard uh, considered would be a worthy captain because he's he's been on the money at the moment. I, I noticed him, and I think it was Diaby, ran to Nanny McPhee to celebrate mm-hmm. the goal. Nanny McPhee sometimes is more forward in the technical area barking orders than Emery is. Certainly at set pieces, yes. I was thinking about it. I would prefer the persona if Nanny McPhee was a bit more like the dude from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> it was just like in a dressing gown. Yeah, and his pants. Just chilled out. Disheveled. Just wore sunglasses as well. Just some black ravens. That would be the perfect Nanny McPhee for me. Yeah. Just just on McGinn, I mean, at, from McGinn being in the championship up until when I was going through his struggles um, under Jared, you th- I didn't have him down as 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 much of a confidence player as he looks to be. Now when he is playing full of confidence, he, you know, he, he's he's almost unplayable at times. The only, yeah. the only time he has trouble is when he's marked out of the game or he's done by the opposition when they have a plan for him again. But the more Villa players there are in the team now that are st- stepping up, it's harder for an opposition to have individual plans for them. They can't mark them all. I don't know if it's necessarily just straight up confidence, but I know what you mean. I think he he knows his role. His role suits him. He's not having to play as a six, which of course he did, didn't he, for long periods. He had to sort of play next to Louise and be the kind of the bits and pieces, break things up player. And he's, he's so much better in the way we utilise him now. Yeah. It's more how Scotland utilise him. And I think it's there, there is a bit of confidence, but just the comfort knowing that I can drive forward, I can I can take the game to the opposition, and that's what he's good at. You know, I remember when we first had him, we sort of called him like a grenade, didn't we? Just throw him at the opposition. And he yeah. devastates the midfield. I mean, I felt really sorry for Barkley and Nakamba, especially. Like they just got absolutely walked through, didn't um, they? Was Barkley playing? <laughs> yeah, apparently so. And Nakamba. I know Nakamba was playing because he got a very, very good reception from the he Villa did. fans, and and you know they were chanting for him as well, saying that he hates yeah. the fucking Blues. I mean, it's a shit song, but fair play to him. He probably ruined everybody's betting slip today in Nakamba because all the talk was before the game that he was a shoe in to get a yellow card. So yeah, yeah. Didn't he, that. Could, he couldn't get near anybody to get a yellow card. That was a problem. But on on McGinn, if Villa were going to where they wanted to go the way he was playing let's say uh, you know season two seasons ago there was that kind of grey area especially you know once he was in the early days of being made captain it was almost like the water was going up and he was going to be submerged and out of sight if he didn't do something and started uh, let's say swimming because he would be replaced because you're increasing your levels and your midfield's going to get better and they're going to spend more money on that midfield and you're thinking well you know, there's a lot of sentiment there with McGinn. Everybody likes him and everybody wants him to do well. But 
you can't cut it, you're going to have to cut the sentiment. And, you know, I would say there's always a role for him in a match day squad on the bench because I think he's a player that can provide impact. But he's rose to the challenge, like, magnificently. Yeah, well, the water's risen and he's sort of sat on his... uh on his lilo all the way to the top, isn't he? <laughs> on his inflatable turkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's all right. I mean, you, I think because he's he has improved a lot and he's admitted it himself, didn't he? He did in his interview after the West Ham game about Emery's impact on him. And I think that now you get the sentimentality and all the heart and the humour and the personality that he gives you as a team and the club and as a, as a focal point. And now you're getting end products. You can't not like the guy even more, but because you get an end product, it's like, great, this is what the fans were all hoping for. Because he is now an integral member of this team again. Because he's a great gives you foil product, for Louise and it's, it, it is actually moments of magic, which Gerard was yeah. after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like you know the, the goal against Mostar. That's a you know a captain's goal with the last kick yeah. of the game, sort of thing. Those are big moments, and you'd be confident in him having others, you know, through the season now. I think he probably uh, celebrated this one more with Nanny McPhee after he fucked up Nanny McPhee's last master <laughs> master class <laughs> yeah, uh, free kick last week. Yeah. But it's it's great when those things come off, isn't it? Yeah. Because so often they don't. But so when they do, they they are worth celebrating. When you've been obviously doing the work on the training ground. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And we, you know, it's sort of, you know, in terms of the game, you know, it, one nil you thought, well, we're probably going to win. But we came straight out after half time. And I'm sure Luton would have been, you know, had it drummed into them that, you know, keep it tight in the first, you know, five or ten minutes of the second half. And that went out the window pretty quickly, didn't it? And McGinn was involved in that as well. As we mentioned, Zaniola came off for Bailey, which I thought, yeah, this, well, hopefully it's just, you know, fatigue from flying to Italy and all that kind of stuff. But Bailey was probably the right option at that juncture. Oh, the game because... was crying out for him. He was, he was, gonna, he was only going to have a field day in that scenario. Yeah. And, and did well. But it's, it was a really good goal, actually, wasn't it? McGinn involved again. Little tap, uh, little pass to uh, Dina. Really good delivery. And then Bailey with a headed assist. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on here? And then, obviously, when it falls to Diaby, he absolutely lashes it home. It's a great finish. He's good, isn't he, Diaby? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. uh, a cracking player. He had a really good game, actually. And he was he's great fun to watch because he always wants the ball. He's one of those players that involved. balloons it miles over the bar. He's always, he's always on time. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And he had a couple of other moments where he could have sort of added, you know, he could have filled his boots a little bit as well and actually probably passed when he didn't need to. And But, you know, at 2 0, it's game over, isn't it, in reality? Unless Villa had really fucked up, it, Luton weren't going to be able to open the game up. I think if they'd have ever tried to, they'd have just got absolutely spanked. I mean, if, if Zaniola, if we can get a real tune, I mean, Zaniola's doing all right, but he hasn't 
gone up the the top gears. If he can, if he can get to those top gears, then you're looking at Watkins, Zaniola, and Diaby, and you're thinking, oh, hang on a minute. And then you got Bailey and Ramsey. We right? have potentially got a cha- Champions League chance in terms. Well, certainly with top five. Yep, with that three. And, you know, obviously Ramsey's going to be rotating in, you know, especially when we get into December once he's back. Well, having Ramsey back for the second half of the season, having, not having the miles in the tank, bearing in mind, of course, in the summer, he'd come off an amazing run yeah. last season. And then he went straight into the Euros, didn't he? So he had a, a tournament with all the, the, the work there. So he's he's actually had a chance to do some proper rest. Same as Moreno, having those two back. Yeah. It's like new signings, isn't it? McGinn missed, uh, I shouldn't say he should have done better, shouldn't he? Yeah, well, that was that was the third goal landed first because that was Diaby again. Louise dinked one over the top for him and Diaby was clean through, did enough to sort of think it over the keeper yeah. and then uh, Luton's Lockyer just knocked it into his own goalie, no chance. But no, the, the McGinn chance was it was squared back to him and it's almost as if he had too much time and edge of the six yard box and he just ended up rolling it towards the keeper. I mean, that would have made it four. It, bless him. If, once, if, it, if it had went to four, you know, it could have been any score because there was still about 20 minutes to yeah. go. And we had a couple of good, really good breakaways, but it felt like at sort of three, you know, we were three on, on the hour, just, you know, the game was finished, kind of like in Alkmaar really, which was great yeah. for Emery to kind of just take the foot off the gas a little bit. But we could we could have gone through the game. It seemed that Villa had suddenly lost interest in running them through. Well, it was just so easy. And, and Luton had a, a little period of about five minutes where they, they kind of tried to trade blows with Villa a bit. And then they realised, I think, that Villa were going to p- pull them apart on the break, which they very nearly did on a couple of occasions. Once it went to 3-0, you could see them just drop back again and go, we need to not get hammered here because goal difference could be a thing. Yeah. And that sort of showed you know, their intentions for the game. And, and you know, it must be well, frustrating they did score. Martinez when they score, and yes. That, that was, it was a strange one, wasn't it? Bizarre goal. Really bizarre. You know, the... Ball gets chucked in the box, gets goes up in the air. Conza tries to head it back to the goalie. I don't know why he's trying to do it like that anyway. Just get rid. And Martinez is just so unexpected. He obviously hits the hits the bar, goes in off the back of his head. Where have we oh. where have we seen that happen before? I know. Well, I mean, there was there was a few, there was a few instances through the match where Tor- Torres um, sort of like aggressively backpassed at the Martinez. You know, not not on purpose, but it was like he got a foot on it there, and it wasn't intentional. But it ended up with Martinez, and I think it was just sort of like that was it was a bit casual from Conza. I mean, he could have headed it out, he could have headed in, but he he just got far too much in the header back to Martinez and went off the bar. Yeah, well, I don't think we have to say much more about the game. I mean, uh, for me, probably the highlight because the game was so cruisy. I thought the the whole ten had a bit of fun uh, going through the old song, but more so than normal. Yeah, puts the ball in the air for Tony Cascarino. I love that one. That's an old classic, isn't uh, it? There's only one Rooney. Uh, one Ra- yeah, Wayne Rooney, Rooney, Rooney came out, and also Rooney Rooney. <laughs> And when we were playing Olay football, there was a bit of a "We want our ball back." We want yeah, when, our ball when they back. got the ball, I think we were all were also Olaying them when they were passing. Yeah, we were. Ironically, and then they scored. It was like, oh, that's not fun anymore. <laughs> and then we were going sort of singing all the you know all the injured players, which is always nice because I know like Buendia is always in the box just yeah. by the whole end, and Ramsey yeah, Buendia, been there. Mings, Ramsey, Moreno all got their songs, and yeah, which is good. Marvelous Nakamba hates the fucking Blues as well. Marvellous Nakamba didn't exactly do much for Villa, but because he w- always had a smile on his face and you know never caused any trouble, let anyone down, did he? Was a good, uh, good chap. It's it's all love, and you know he was applauding. Uh, we got a standing Villa ovation Park when he went, when off, he went off. Standing ovation, all good, nice touch. It's Twelve wins now. Twelve on the spin, isn't it? Twelve on the spin league games. We're getting to the interesting bit now, though, because yeah, and that's Emery said that didn't he after the game really. If you look at the old categorization of how Villa used to do it, uh, grade A, and the old currency was your Arsenal, Spurs, Manchester City, Manchester United, 
Liverpool, and they'd always throw Wolves in there just because it was this pretend local derby. And they were the Cat A games. And actually, when you look through that list of WIT 12 wins, there's only one of those Cat A games, and that's Spurs. And Spurs were flaking out when we played them. So in those 12 games, we played Palace twice, we played Brighton twice, and hopefully it goes to 13, and then we'd have played Fulham twice. So what's your, I mean, the hardest game out of those, out of the 12 wins, I would say was that West Ham one. Oh, I mean, the Newcastle home one was on paper a hard game. Yeah, actually, yeah. You'd probably go, yeah, Newcastle. Spurs was, well, Spurs was a difficult one because they were like, sort of just next to us at the time, even though Spurs were dreadful at the time. But I would probably go, yeah, Newcastle and then West Ham just because of our record against them has been atrocious and they're, you know, obviously Europa League level team. And and obviously Brighton on that have, day have was, the a, tools was a to real do high as, pressure one as well. What's that, sorry? The Brighton, you know, the last day of the season game, which is one of my favourite home games in a while. But Brighton were a very good side at that point and they were they had the shackles off. You never, you never quite knew what Brighton team were going to turn up on that day. Even though we do tend to play well against them, it was a difficult, high-pressure game. We've done well against Brighton at home. No, it's, it's not like yeah. you know of any dread as a supporter. You kind of go, no, this no. is a good game because they're good. But you expect when West Ham went into that game going, oh, you know. Yeah. A draw would actually be progress in this situation. But yeah, 12 wins is 12 wins. They're not taking away from it. And you can only beat the teams in front of you, etc., etc. But uh, I'm looking forward to Arsenal and Manchester City coming. Oh, I can't wait for those two games. They're going to be great. Half of it is curiosity to see. Because the good thing about these 12 games is you're bedding down a way of playing yep. for when the big boys come to town and yep. then you've got the confidence you've got the the practice in a, you know simplistic terms to execute i think so and and you're there's not many you know when you go through those 12 it's probably only four or five of those matches where teams have come to villa park and had a crack at villa and the ones yeah. who did got you know battered city and arsenal will come and they'll have a lot of the ball and i think we're much better set up now with someone like diaby in the team and inform bailey etc and the way our midfield is really working to actually contain and hit on the break against those teams. You know, Gerard managed to get a draw against City, albeit we kind of rode our luck and then we sucker punched them with the Bailey goal, which was a really good goal. Well, um, to be honest with you, we, we give them a good game. I think that's the thing. It, win, lose, or draw, we, we know we're going to have a good game. It's just we've got to get it over the line. And yeah. that's the difference. And I think with Diaby and even Zaniola, you're up in the quality there that you're giving them something to think about. But yeah. the, the interest is is how, if we can control it, you know, with Torres, Luis and Kamara, because I think Luis and Kamara are now on a level ahead of anything uh, they've been at while they've been at Villa. I th- I'm, I'm gonna, my outlandish statement, which I haven't had one in for a while, is, is that there's probably better individual midfielders, but I can't think of a better duo who work together as a pair in the league at the moment. Well, I would say it's not really a pair. I think they're integrated into that almost the centre-backs as well. It's, it's almost like... Uh, Conza Torres and those two are almost like walk, working as a quartet. But yeah, you know, obviously the, the Tottenham away game coming up, that's going to be a really interesting one with the two real form sides in the division at the moment. And then obviously the, the visit of City and Arsenal in a week will be a, a, a fascinating uh, fascinating period. In terms of talking about Champions League, that's when we get yeah. in. Hopefully we'll get knee deep into that conversation because that will mean we've taken points off those three teams. But uh, yeah. we'll, we'll park that here and uh, save that one for, uh, for then. But what's the key stat? Well, the key stat is in the five games of Villa Park this season in the Premier League, Villa have scored 20 goals. Ooh. Top scores in the league. Mm, top so goal scores in the league. Four averaging goals. Averaging four a pop. Yeah. 
mean, wow. the, the next next closest goal scorers at home are Arsenal with 15. Then it's Brighton and Liverpool with 14. Mm-hmm. And Arsenal have played a game more than Villa at home. But they are still, uh, I mean, we're expanding the sets here, but there's still, just for the record, there's four 100% teams at home at the moment. Villa, Liverpool, Manchester City and Tottenham. But Tottenham's uh, 100% record at home is going to end very soon. You heard it here first. Top FPL Villa man. Well, it's Musa Diaby with 10 points. He had a good game uh, and mostly responsible for the win uh, in terms of putting the finishing touches on it. Right, before we get on to uh, Emery's clipboard to see if the combined duo got into single figures, them talking Scott Hogan and Wesley, it's time for a little medium Muppets. <laughs> Mr. Phil Shaw, what's in the trough this week? There's a bit more trophy stuff slurping around. I mean, we've been uh, a bit more constructive in recent times, but there's a few stinkers in there. Yeah, you I mean you always have to the, the poke their head up just like a something that won't flush away. First of all, this is the Turkish Fabrizio Romano wannabe, um, Ekrem Kuner. He's trying to sell Douglas Luiz to Saudi Arabia for mm, just over 60 million euros. Uh, I don't so. get why. Do you just is this a tweet just to get engagement and reaction? Because the logic of it is Villa finally is, you know, Douglas Louise is one of these players that's been sold the dream. He's seen the progress, but then it comes to the final contract where he's going, right, I could probably play for a big team now. And they go, look, no, we are now in the end game, Douglas. Stay with us and yes. uh, enjoy the end game. And he's, so he signed up, new bumper contract, like very recently. Why is he suddenly going to go to Saudi for? I know. Throw it. And Villa, Villa aren't accepting sixty million euros either. It, it makes no oh, sense. Take one hundred and sixty million from him. And this, and this doofus, like this doofus is putting ex- hashtag exclusive on it. Dickhead. Uh, I know. Just, just dumb. Mm. Anyway, we'll we'll deal with him. Thing is, you you know, you, <laughs> he'll you, get you, fucking <laughs> dealt with. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll we'll deal with this. But yeah. no, you, you know, you you know, if, I mean, he only exists on Twitter. If you tweeted him, he'd just block you. It's, it's just a waste of time. Yeah, T- talking about tw- Twitter, how embarrassing is it to be actually factually corrected by Twitter or X as it is now in its current condition? I mean, a few years ago, if you were factually corrected by Twitter, it might have been right. But e- even the, the the market leader, Fabrizio Romano. Yeah, not not the Turkish imitation, the real man. Yeah, he 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 got fact checked by by Twitter. I think it was in his defence. He just left the word out. He said that Ollie Watkins had scored fourteen goals and fifteen appearances all season, and he was on fire. And he says Villa had been able to extend his contract two weeks ago. Perfect timing. Yes, because you were trying to sell him to everybody before that. Yeah, but. <laughs> Then you get the little note beneath it there. Readers added context. They thought people might ought to know. Ollie Watkins doesn't have 14 goals and 15 appearances. He has nine goals and five assists and 15 appearances. So, sorry for that. That's when you know you've made it, though. And they've even put uh, some evidence uh, near it. Yeah. Oh, we should go on this, because it says, did you find this helpful? Let's rate it. (laughs) Yes, and then from from those two... Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, Phil, before you go on. It says how many views it got. But the yeah. fun thing is, it gives you the date, and then it says from Earth, nine point three million views. I want to know how many views it's had on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Probably have to pay for one of those blue stars to get my analytics from uh, other planets uh, in the universe, though. Yeah, SpaceX. Yeah. Anything else happening? Uh, any any serious material in uh, the media? Yeah, the serious villain material in the media has all been, been about the Italian betting scandal. Now, this week, um, 
Tenali from Newcastle has been handed his 10-month ban, but it looks like, uh, if you're to believe the Italian press, that uh, Zaniola is going to be left with a fine. We've already discussed that Zaniola, he's been, he flew straight to Italy after the AZ game to meet with prosecutors, and his lawyers are hoping to bring the matter to a conclusion. They think he's going to be handed a financial penalty because basically there was no information or charges that he has gambled in football matches so there's no evidence that he has gambled in football matches it's poker and blackjack so yeah because it's a big thing that in in italy isn't it it's yeah. like it's almost like uh you're sent to hell for it they've got form for it i mean if you think back to well, paulo yeah, rossi as well. yeah paulo rossi had been, he'd been serving what is it, a ban and he just turned up the, the top goal scorer at the 82 world cup so it's it's in the history <laughs> Well, uh, maybe we should let him continue, really. (laughs) Do a Rossi. Right. Emery's clipboard. What's the scores on the doors? 7-2? Yeah. I'm nearly ready to... It's going to be Liverpool, isn't it, at the moment? I'm ready to declare nearly. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike the English cricket team in the World Cup. (laughs) They were just home with their tail between their legs. At least they, uh, you know, didn't lose in the quarterfinal because that that hurts, doesn't it, when that happens? Uh, I don't think they have quarterfinals, do they, in the cricket? No, it's straight to the semis. They don't don't bother with the... (laughs) They don't mess around. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the... uh, the final of that rugby in the third and fourth. Uh, you know, it was just serial semi-finalists having a go at each other, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm surprised to have a third and fourth playoff. I mean, come on. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Well, I, I didn't mind it because the opposition was Argentina. It was winnable, so I didn't yeah, mind it. You can beat Argentina and get home with a, you know, with a medal. Yeah, uh, you might as well. Yeah. Yeah, when there's knockout games to be won, you might as well win them. Can you imagine getting knocked out in the quarterfinals? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think there was somebody with an Irish name who gave us a naughty review on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, we were, uh, I think we might have got a, a bit upset about our rugby. Uh, it's all jokes. I know. We're just trying to wind up the shore. That's all we're trying to <laughs> yeah. do. It's all innocent. If you want to report us for bullying, then we can do that. Plus, it isn't like the Irish haven't completely tribunal or whatever. in the last couple of Six Nations anyway. We take that on the chin. But quite enough egg chasing for four years. Exactly. Right. I think it's time for Emery's clipboard. Right. Just refresh my memory. What did you go for? You went for nine, didn't you, Phil? I did. I went for it. What did you go for, uh, Budius? Fifteen. I think it wasn't very high. Yeah. I think it was fifteen, because he didn't have the balls to go for single figures. But maybe that conservative nature may bear fruits. Well, first of all, both of them didn't start, so it wasn't looking good. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) And Blues don't look good at the minute. As Blues, uh, as Rooney uh, has already given up on Scott Hogan after he made the first mistake of his managerial Blues career by uh, playing him. Going to Blues. (laughs) Starting him. Uh, We'll start with uh, those guys. So the Blues were away at Southampton. They got beaten 3-1, as you probably know. Hogan did come on to the pitch, 68th minute, so plenty of time to exert his influence. Managed three touches. <laughs> Good effort. It's on, it's on. Phil's in the game. Managed three fucking touches. 68th minute, remember that. And they're chasing the game, that's pathetic. Wesley got on the pitch. Oh, Go on, big Wes. 79th minute, 11 minutes. It's looking good, sure. Unfortunately... Ah. When Wesley gets on the pitch, he loves football so much, he tries to get as many touches of the ball as possible. He's like the anti-Hogan. And <laughs> yeah, somehow in 79 minutes, he managed 14 touches. Ah. Good effort. Go on the big man. Bring in the it. Game. 
bringing the total, joint total, up to 17. I'm guessing here. I'm saying you said for 15 last week. I did. You didn't go for 17, did you? No, I went for 15. It's, it's academic because you've, you've got it. It's 7-3. Yeah. Wow. Big Wes putting himself about, isn't he? He does. That's like 11 minutes. That's like getting stuck in. That's when he comes like dodge, his dodgy knee. It's like one touch off one leg, it counts as two because it hits the other one then straight away. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Great logic, but okay. Yeah, I don't know what branch of science so that basically, is. Basically, Scott Hogan needs to go to an osteopath and have his leg pulled down a bit. No, he just needs to go and play against Ben Mee. That'll probably fix it. Sorry, we, we are washing over the fact that uh, Stoke managed to, unlike the Blues, beat Middlesbrough yep. and, and beat them 2-0. So. Yeah, and meanwhile, Fidig- older Jaden Fidigine scored a couple of absolute bangers yeah. this week, didn't he, for Hull? One at, one at St Andrews and a belter on the. Uh, we were watching him in pre-season and, and you thought, actually, he's got a role in this team. And yeah. uh, he's starting to prove that maybe he would have had a role, but it's one thing to skip past a few championship defenders. A few little shit bags at St Andrews. It's quite another to fire us into the Champions League. Isn't it? It's quite another to uh, weave your way through those Alkmaar boys, mm. or find your way to Mostar. Yeah, we'll go another round, shall we, on that? Because it's it's, it's kind of you, intriguing David. now that they're they're substitutes because it's double jeopardy, isn't there? Oh, it is. So let's go another round. Uh, so the next fixtures are. Blues play Ipswich, high-flying Ipswich, second in the league. It's got to be four losses on the bounce for Rooney, surely. And uh, meanwhile, uh, high-flying Stoke are at home against Cardiff. So combined tallies, let's low ball away. I'm going to go, just because Wesley's at home, but then Hogan's away and he's shit. Um, (laughs) No, Hogan's at home. Hogan's at home. Yeah, I'm going to stay put. Stay put. I'll go 17, just because I'm being generous. Will Phil have the balls to go for it again? The single figure. No, I'm not having the balls to go You've for it. Dan Rogers. I, I can smell that Dan Rogers tactics coming up. I'm going to go 19. Oh, he's gone the wrong side. Pure, pure Rogers vibes. Personally, I would have gone uh, 14. I don't even reckon Hogan will get off the bench. Well, he might get off the bench. Whether he gets a touch or not is another matter. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Forrest. So that means. Forest away, so that means there'll be a match club meeting for My Old Man Said members, which is basically uh, the live session where it's like a live podcast that everybody can uh, jump in on. More intimate, it's not like where we're live streaming and you can just drop us comments. It's a lot more uh, of an intimate affair because Match Club is uh, our members club and you can join in in the podcast. It's a free-for-all and that should be an interesting game. The old Hopefully it's a better game. game than the horror show last year. What an appalling game of football that was, wasn't it? Yeah. The Gerard. But if you become a My Old Man Said member, you also get access to ad-free versions of these shows. No ads, no sponsorship. It's the pure form, the way the football gods intended it. And also you get extra shows as well as a couple uh, popping up around the time you uh, listen to this where we'll talk about the recent fan advisory meeting in one of them. A big thanks uh, to uh, Philip Bassett, Paul Farrow for joining up as my old man said members or uh, rejoining, and also to uh, David Parker for joining uh, on an annual membership. If you join on an annual membership, you get 10% off, which is just over a month and a bit. So please do go to myoldmansaid.com and click on the members link for more details there. Right, any final words as we... uh, 
go off to and have a few days of contemplation on our 12 home game winning streak. I think we've got two winnable games in the league. It's enticing, isn't it? If we win them, mm-hmm. I did promise listeners we'd be in the top four if we win them. But I think if we win them... We were third momentarily, weren't we, on Sunday? You will see... Regardless if we actually go up one spot, you will you will see us start to cut off from the chasing pack, and uh, that's what it's all about. Because yeah, we had this elite five, they'll be talking. They'll get rid of this like the top seven. We're going to include Newcastle. It'll be the fantastic. Or the five. top six. It'll just be the fantastic five, and the old guard United, Chelsea's <laughs> history, yeah. just uh, dumped into history, consigned to history. Scrap heap. Scrappy new clubs. order, yeah, the scrap heap of history. There's n- there's a new order now, hopefully, but a lot will depend on Forest and Fulham because if you go in the international break and you've beaten Alkmaar at home, that's a big game as well, actually. Yeah, beating Forest and Fulham, very capable. Just the w- I'm only saying it out aloud because of the way that how Emery has us playing in such a systematic fashion. <laughs> Yeah, that these teams will just be grinded to dust. Uh, it, it is like the Villa engine is finally up and running and just crushing teams that if they haven't got the balls uh, or haven't got the know-how, uh, you, you're going to struggle. If you come in here half-baked against us, you're going to get beaten. Yeah, and I think, speaking of half-baked, I think it's a really good time now, actually, before the Forest game, to just give the players a couple of days to just mentally refresh after a busy a busy period of having the three games in seven days and a away trip in Europe. Busy, got the yeah, job is it? Brilliant. Yeah, but it's still the intensity. Going to get busy. Like we made eight changes, and I, th- I think it's a good time just to kind of do the work on the training ground, because frankly, from the last few months, we've been playing, recovering, playing and recovering. It's not like we've had a lot of time to actually tactically do much work. So I think Emery will see this week as an opportunity to actually do some real work with the players on the training ground. Well, you say that, and did you not witness that free kick they tried against West Ham? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. that that that's tactics. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> that's that's weeks of planning. That, they got it right the week good. later, though, David. Yeah. If at first you don't succeed, chin and ground will be harder than Luton were, anyways. Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, there's a lot of t- touching of wood here. Who are misses? That's a, there's a way to end the podcast. Right until the tricky trees. Although, before the Tricky Trees, there will be a Europa Vision show and there's something for the weekend which will focus on the Forest game. Probably uh, have somebody on for that from the Forest side. So look out for that. And until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.